Hello there, learners, educators, and fellow change makers. I'm here with your favorite podcast host, Barbara Bray. Hello there. Hi there, Andrew. Thank you for being here with me. It's always a pleasure. And it's always fun to be the person who ends up showcasing and cheerleading what you've been working on. So I wanted to ask you for your listeners, what is exciting about the month of March for you? Well, there's a few things. <laughs> Two conferences. Um, I've just probably finished them by the time this podcast is out. And it's uh, South by Southwest EDU in Austin. And uh, it's wonderful. I just love that conference. So I'll share a little bit more about that in a, probably another blog post. And then going to Q in Palm Springs and uh, lucky to be there. They're going to do a meet the authors and meet the podcasters. So I'm in both of those along with my presentation and this wonderful Ed Puzzle company bought several of my books to put out in their booth so I can sign them for people and they're going to give them away. I just love it. Oh, one more thing. Oh, please. It's my birthday month. <laughs> That's right, March twenty seventh. Everybody, put oh, it on no. your calendar. <laughs> Just watch out; it's a big one. Watch out! I'm probably going to do a dance party. <laughs> 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 just, just be careful. Are you going to turn this into a mass mass Zoom event? Uh, probably uh, flash yeah. flash mob. I've done it before. <laughs> yeah, but this one it's a big one. <laughs> so yeah, let's have fun. Life is so short, you, you have to have a good time. And that's why I love my podcast, because I learn so much about people. And then pretty soon we're all good friends and it's just the best ever. One of the things that is so fun about listening to your podcasts is that we get to get immersed in the practice of listening. What's, I feel that's one of always been one of your strengths, but in these conversations, we always get to dive a little bit deeper because you ask the right questions and you also provide a really good podium for people to share a lot about what is their passion. So with that in mind, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next conversation we're going to listen to? Oh, I've been wanting to talk to this, this wonderful person for a long time, Charles Williams. And he invited me to be on, he has two podcasts and I was on one with his partner, Michael Williams. And I was just like, oh my gosh, Charles Williams has that beautiful voice. I just love listening to him. So we, we just kind of hit it off. (laughs) So I asked him if he wanted to be on my show and he goes, oh, you really? I'd love it. Oh, it's been wonderful. I learned so much about Charles. He's just an amazing person who has so many experiences he can share. Um, he's been, he was a principal. He's now uh, an assistant principal because he's now launched his own consulting business, but his stories are so amazing. And his voice is pretty cool too. So you might want to listen to this podcast because Charles is somebody everybody needs to know. So you're saying listen to this podcast with immersive headphones. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a wonderful person. And I I don't mean to make it light because of his voice. He's just, he, he really shared a lot of his story that is 
really interesting, but also helps you understand why he's doing what he's doing now on equity and and how he's trying to make a difference all over. And he is. So it's just a, a gift to me. And I hope a gift to all my listeners. So listen. Well, <laughs> with, every, with that, everybody, stay tuned for a conversation with Barbara Bray and Charles Williams. Hi, everyone. I have someone very special here today. I have been having the greatest conversations with this wonderful person, Charles Williams. Thank you for being here, Charles. Barb, thank you for having me. Uh, And you're right. They've been tremendous conversations, and I look forward to having another one with you. Oh, it's just amazing. And I want my audience to know a little bit about you. So I'm going to read um, a little bit of that kind of boasts about you. Is that okay? Hey, absolutely. Feel free. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Charles Williams has been an educator for nearly 20 years, serving as a teacher, a mentor lead teacher, an assistant principal, and a principal for urban K-12 students across Chicago. Is that all you do? <laughs> um, just a few. Just a few of the things. <laughs> That's a lot. You're also the host of the Counter Narrative podcast that mm-hmm. I was just on. I can't wait till you hear it. <laughs> Co-host of the Inside of Inside the Principal's Office. You had me on there too. I did. I did. You're, you're I'm getting you on, on all the things. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm going to do that also. And you're co-author of the book Inside the Principal's Office with your co-host Michael McWilliams, mm-hmm. Mac. Mac, yeah. You two are so much fun together. Oh, thank you. You launched CW Consulting to focus on helping institutions to unlock their potential and delivering results. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to tell them all about you. So they bring you on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's work of passion. So thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to share. When I listen to you i and some of the stories you've told me i just i feel like you already have figured out your purpose but i want you to share what your why is for my audience you know i think for a long time i tried to figure out what it was right or at least how to verbalize it i think we we kind of have an idea um but i think i've finally narrowed it down and so whenever i ask about my purpose or my why I say that my purpose, right, is to empower uh, and to educate individuals uh, to push back on outdated or archaic systems um, so that all students can receive an equitable educational experience that is valued, not just within their schools, uh, but in, in the much larger world. So it's acknowledged and valued in a much larger space. So that is the work that I'm doing. So each and every single thing that I do is aligned with that purpose. That's kind of been my purpose mm-hmm. for a long time. And, but I realize I can't do it alone. Not so when all. I, yeah. And so your story is just, I mean, it's amazing. I've, we've done a lot of talking, so I'm, I already know what I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel like I know you already. I know you very well. It's just been wonderful. You told me a little bit about growing up and what it was like as a student. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, it was different than a lot of my guests. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you t- explain that? Because it, it it's pretty cool. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. So, you know, listening, right, uh, as, as an avid conference attender, right, one of the things that I would often hear is like about how people hated school or how bad their experience was. And that was their driving force. That's why they went in education, because they wanted it to be different. And my my experience was vastly different. Like it was an amazing experience. Um, you know, I was in the top 10, right? I graduated number three in my class. I played almost all the sports. I wrestled, I ran track, I swam. Um, you know, I did all of those things, football. Uh, but I was also on the academic decathlon and in theater. And so I just did did all the things, right? Um, I, I like to joke that I was a real life Troy Bolton from from High School Musical. Uh, <laughs> the only thing is I, I wasn't doing musicals. That, that That's the only part. Um, but what I realized was that I wasn't special. And at the time I did, I, I felt like I was like, hey, I'm awesome, right? Go me, right? I'm, I'm, but what I realized was that it's really easy to be amazing when you're operating in a space that is designed for you. And mm. that's what I thought, like, oh, because I, I realized people like my brother and, and my peers and my colleagues, like, they kind of got by. And I thought, to, like, why are they struggling? Why are they just kind of getting by while I'm doing this? And what I realized is that school wasn't really built for them, right? The idea that the way they learned, the way that they could demonstrate their learning wasn't capitalized upon. So when I became an educator, I didn't want anyone to have that experience. I didn't want those who are like, I'm awesome. I'm amazing. This is great. And for the others, just like, this sucks, right? I'm going to do what I can and I want to be done and go home. And so it was like, how do we create that space? And so I wanted my experience for all of my students. And I didn't know it at the time, but that was that equity work. But I just knew I want what I had for all of my students and whatever I needed to do to get them there is what I did. And so it's been a phenomenal experience. Well, you didn't always think you were going to be a teacher, right? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Teaching was one of the last things on my mind. In fact, when I graduated high school, um, and I think it was just all of those things combined, I was getting, you, you must be going into the medical field or to the legal field. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, I'm not sure, right. I'm going to figure this out, but I became a father when I was a senior in high school. So I tell people this Ooh, story. You told me that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, <laughs> I, I remember going off to ball state. Uh, that's where I wanted to go to school. Um, I had a full ride. Um, I was accepted into the theater program there, which was very selective, um, I was in the honors program. So all of the, like, it was set, right? It's like, again, I was high, like, ah, this is amazing. And I remember coming home and telling my then girlfriend uh, about this amazing experience. And she was like, that's great. Um, I'm pregnant. And it was oh. like, wait, what? Oh. That was February, <laughs> February of my senior year. And I was like, um, wow. well then. Right. And I remember the very first thing she told me was like, you don't have to do this. Like you have your entire life ahead of you. I'm not going to be the reason why you. And I said, absolutely not. Like, you know, I didn't really know my father. My father wasn't in my life and I didn't want to replicate that. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I tried to figure out ways like, well, maybe we can go off together. Maybe I can go there and come back. Like, how do I get both? Um, My daughter was born that July. 
So before I started school, she wasn't supposed to come until like September. And that changed everything. I said, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to go to school. And so I majored in communications and English. It was something that was available, something I knew, something that I was interested in. And uh, I ended up graduating. And and this is the story that I shared with you, right? I had two job offers. One was in the school district where I first started going to school. And it was a set job. um, Or it was at a casino doing PR, which is absolutely what I wanted to do. But it was a temp. It was a brand new position. Right. That may or may not exist six months later. And six months later was December and Christmas. So as a father with two little ones, because at the time there was two, right? It was, what do I do? So I made a choice purely on making sure that I was able to take care of my girls. Um, because at that point, their mother and I were no longer together, right? So single dads exist. And I said, I'm gonna go into the school. Wait a minute. So you took care of the kids? Yeah, so you know, I we we split, but when I was raising them, right? It was it was me. It was me and my babies. So there was oftentimes I would take them to school with me, right? I was sitting in a college class with my daughters, right? At, at the time, you know, they're like one and two, two and three years old, and it's you know, and people were like, "Wait, what are you doing?" Like moms do this thing, and I was like, "So do so do dads. That's that's what we do, right?" <sighs> um. So yeah, I took a job purely based on that. And I haven't looked back since I had an opportunity to teach in a classroom. I said, I love this, went back to school to get my transition to teaching, stayed in that program to get my master's in teaching. um, And then just kind of kept going from there. But it was not my, it was not my choice. And I think I told you, my grandmother kept telling me since I was young, like, you're going to be an educator. And I pushed Uh... back, like, absolutely not. And well, like, you know, she was right. Here I am. Yeah. She planted that seed in your head and you oh. went, oh, I know you said that. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I, I think I shared with you my, my very, 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 very first job. I was in eighth grade working within my school district for a summer program. And that's when she told me, she's like, this is what you're going to do. And I, th- I think I told you, like, it, it was that the seed was planted then and she kept nurturing yeah. it and watering it. And I was like, no, no, no. But it had taken root without me knowing. And it definitely sprouted. And I, you know, I was like, here I am. Like, I'm going to do as much as I possibly can with however much time I have to make sure that I can be as impactful as I can while I'm in this field. That is amazing. Amazing that I, you know, I didn't realize that you were raising the kids yourself and going to school and trying to become you know, your future and all of the things it's, it's, it shows the resilience and perseverance that you have. Thank you. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, it was not, and I tell students this, right. That I Mm -hmm. now, because I have high school students, I said, you know, they were like, well, you become a dad. I said, yeah, but it wasn't easy. You know, I worked five days a week. I went to school the other two, right. There's only seven days in a week. So that's all seven days. Right. And I I helped raise my girls, right. If they weren't with their mother, they were with me. And so they would go with me to school, right. They would go with me to work. Like this is what we did in order to make it happen. And they're doing amazing things. My baby is a freshman at the culinary Institute of America in New York. Um, so So she comes home this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. My baby, the youngest. Um, (laughs) How many do you have? Uh, so I have two. 
Um, and my uh-huh. wife has three, so we are the Brady Bunch. So we have five daughters <laughs> between us. Uh oh. Yeah. Watch yeah. out! I have three sisters. It was tough on my dad. <laughs> oh, I can't. It it is tough, but it's also a blessing. You know, it's it is a blessing. It's given yeah. me a perspective that I think, as a male, that I probably wouldn't appreciate otherwise. Um, but it, yeah. you know, now I tell, especially my female students at work, like, there's nothing you say that's going to like bother me. You know, and they're like, but I. <laughs> I'm on my period and I'm like, yeah, yeah I heard like, that. <laughs> <laughs> nothing you say is going to bother me. Don't worry. Like, yeah. Well, especially with you raised them, you know, what's going on. You exactly. Know? And, exactly. And I know way too, already, like the, the, mis- the mystery of a female is it's completely gone. <laughs> ah, that is amazing. Well, so in the long run, you became a teacher. Can you tell a little bit about how you started and. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I started off teaching uh, bilingual students uh, in an EO program. Um, and it was it was really great experience. It's where I learned most of my Spanish. Um, you know, of course, all the bad words uh, to start things off. <laughs> um, but I had a group of students in the morning for about two and a half hours and a group of students in the afternoon for about two and a half hours. And so having that much time with a single group of students really allowed me to figure out who they were and really develop and curate lessons uh, for them. I think what we talked about a little earlier, right? I didn't have a curriculum, so everything was created from scratch. Uh, But spending that much time together really allowed us to dive in, right? And so as an ELA teacher, sometimes you're trying to figure out, well, how do I read a passage? How do I focus on writing? How do I do all So, but we had devoted time for all of that, right? Now it's time to read our novels and to dive in, right? We had dedicated time for public speaking and and learning how to do that. Um, You know, working on writing, we would watch and analyze films associated with it. It was just, it was an amazing experience. And so I did that for about two or three years um, before moving over into a mainstream classroom. And about five years in, I had an opportunity to become a, a lead teacher. So I started evaluating teachers. Um, and I think I shared with you the, it was interesting. One of the teachers that I evaluated was a teacher at my high school when I was a student there. So, <laughs> you know, and he, and he was absolutely cool with it. Mr. Schlesinger, he, you know, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird, but like, here's the kid that was in school while I was teaching and he graduated, went through school, and now he's back. And now he's telling me how to be a teacher. Like, how does that work? But he was hmm. <laughs> he was really cool with it. Um, and actually, I learned a lot from him. And, you know, I never really looked back from there. I, I had a taste of kind of that quasi-admin role and skyrocketed. So the I moved over into a charter realm. So I left public school and went into a or a district school, and I went into a charter school. and. My very first year, I was a lead teacher. I served as an interim AP uh, during that summer uh, because she was not feeling well. Never came back, so I became the AP. Uh, And then that summer, (laughs) yeah, that summer my principal left, and then I became the principal. I was like, "Wait, this is this is not how this is supposed to work." Just um, throw it in your lap, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, nine years later, you know, here I am, still serving in those administrative roles, and um, you know, it wow. it was a challenge, but I've learned so much in that journey, and and I wouldn't, looking back, I wouldn't have it any other way. You asked me nine years ago, I was like, no, no, please don't do this, but <laughs> it's worked out nicely. 
Well, it kind of just happened. I mean, you didn't prepare, but you've been prepared all along because you are a leader, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they say, right? It's, you, you know, you need to be ready when those opportunities come. And someone believed in me more than I did because I didn't think I was ready. But they took that chance and, and you know, here I am. So I'm glad that they did. They saw something in me that I didn't see. And I think that's crucial. Sometimes we need to we need to believe in others more than they believe so that way they can become who they're meant to be. Well, that's how we should be with our students and how I try to be with other teachers because a lot of people just don't feel, they don't have that confidence that yeah. some of them go, oh, I don't know. I ask them if they want to be on my show sometime and they go, really? <laughs> like me? Are you sure? Me? And I'm like, yeah, look at all the things you're doing. You're wonderful. It's just, I think um, we need to celebrate each mm-hmm. other and help each other. And that's really wonderful. You had that kind of support to put you in the right place. So where are you principal right now? What is the school? And Yeah, so I, I'm in Chicago for the Chicago Public Schools. Um, so I actually took a step back. I, I am now an assistant principal. Um, the principal where I'm at, he and I were good friends for the last seven years. I was actually a principal down the street. I was one of the feeder schools. <laughs> And he said, Hey, I, I know the work that you're doing. Um, you know, he, he knew about the consulting and the speaking and the, and the book writing. And he said, why don't you become one of my APs, right? Come on over here. It, it will you know, free you up a little bit. So that way you could focus and, and do more of that work. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful that he gave me that opportunity because things have grown tremendously, you know, over this last year. And, um, you know, it's, Again, it's it's people taking a chance on you and, and seeing that opportunity. So, you know, I jumped ship, if you will, hopped over to another school. But uh, yeah, still serving the students of Chicago nine years later. I love it. Well, now that you're AP and the, they said that you'd have a little more time, you don't just sit around. No. <laughs> <laughs> you started two podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. And you, I mean. I was just on your counter narrative. I mean, that yeah. one is so much fun. Do you want to explain why you did it and and yeah. what it's all about? Yeah, so uh, the counter narrative podcast, it's named after an article written by uh, Dr. Tyrone um, Howard out of UCLA. And so he actually wrote an article called The Counter Narrative. And what he did is he looked at students who were especially a group of African-American males who were successful. And he said, we often talk about their deficits. Can we talk about what made them successful? And I read, as I read it, I said, you know, he's onto something here, right? And I started thinking about my experiences, sitting in meetings, sitting, you know, in these sessions and time and time again, we're talking about deficits. We're talking about all the things that are wrong. We're, we're blaming, you know, certain groups and populations of students for why we're not getting to where we need to be. And I said, you know, I'm tired of these conversations. Because in my building, I see the amazing things that are happening. And if we never tell those stories, we're going to continue having this deficit mindset thinking about the students in our spaces. Because we do, they're going to have that thinking about themselves. And then that's going to be manifested, right? We, we, we kind of live into it. So I said, what if we had a space where we could highlight those other stories, right? If we change the way we talk and think, right, then we're going to start to change these outcomes. And that's what I did. I launched a show. And it has been an incredible experience. Uh, you know, it's about three years old. Um, so, uh, Barbara, your episode is, I'm looking at my little sheet here, your episode is going to be 147. 
And so wow. over, yeah, yeah. Like I, I've I connected <sighs> with people from all across the country, um, you know, from different parts of the world and just, it's been tremendous to kind of see these other areas that I didn't even think about, right? We talked about, you know, mental health issues. We've talked about body image issues. We talked about issues plaguing rural education that I've never been in rural education. So I've never thought about those things and really bringing all of those things to light and saying, but here's, here are these stories of success, right? And so it's been a great ride and, you know, I, I going to definitely keep it going. And, and just continue to connect with some amazing educators. And in the process, you know, and we talked about this, amplifying those voices. I've had a few educators get on and they're like, are you sure you want me? Are you sure? Like, no, I, I need you on this show. And, you know, there was one woman I, I invited on. It was her very first podcast. And the other day she reached out and said, I've done like three or four more. Like, thank you for giving me the confidence. I was like, Aww. absolutely. Because you have an amazing story. You're doing amazing work. Like it needs to be told. So yeah, that's, you know, the podcast launched because of the po- uh, the pandemic. I had that extra time on my hands and I said, let's do something. Let's do something with it. Oh, so you did that right after it started and. Oh, right. After. I mean, <laughs> right after it's, it's, it, I've had mine going for a little longer, but it's like, it's amazing. I mean, it, I love podcasts anyway. I love to be able to um, talk with people that, especially with all the technology now, I can see you and, and, and also learn about you. And I don't get that opportunity face-to-face a lot of times. And we didn't have that for three years. Right, so yeah. this is wonderful. But I like the thing about the counter narrative is you're really pushing our thinking. Mm-hmm. You got me, you got me <laughs> <laughs> counter narrative there. I went crazy a little bit, but it's like, I I love being able to push our thinking so we can go deeper. And it's not always that easy. No, for, no. But, it's not know, easy ha- for teachers to, you know. Absolutely. And we have to have those honest conversations, right? And sometimes they are challenging. But we, we yeah. tend to sugarcoat because we, we don't want to offend anyone. But then we wonder why we're not really making progress. And so it's like, no, let's have those honest conversations. And I say that all the time on the show. Like if you're listening to this, like this is not a place where you come necessarily for a feel good conversation. Like I'm going to push your thinking a little bit and that's okay. Like that's the whole point of it. Mm -hmm. And you may not always agree and that's okay. But like, how do we have these real honest conversations so we can begin moving towards sustainable change? Because that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, we're in a system that's been kind of not changed in 150 years. (laughs) And so, I mean, our kids are getting to the point, they are going, they want it to change, but they don't know what, and we need to be there working with them. And so I love some of the things that you've mentioned and other people on your, on your show has mentioned, and I'm lucky that you invited me on. So I'm lucky to have you here. And uh, definitely we put together a blog post with links and a little bit more so people can get to your site. So I want people in my audience to find you and listen, and maybe you'll find a few more people that uh, will be on your show that way. So yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, let me know. Let me know. Yeah. Cause you're just you know, it's fun. You're easy to talk with and, and able to explain things in a really 
kind of a way that I, I think all of us can understand. Mainly it's coming from your heart, which is really nice. And, and, and raising mm-hmm. five girls. It- <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know you went through all that. It's amazing to know that at a young age, you were able to actually achieve these things and you didn't give up. No, it, no it's a it's, great model for your kids too. It's it's yeah. wonderful. Thank you. So, how did inside the principal's office happen? That's another podcast. Yeah. So, um, you know that uh, is through school rubric. Uh, so, shout out to Wallace Ting. Uh, so, who's amazing, I had done, by the way? It, 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 yeah, he, he's <laughs> awesome. Um, so, I had done a few different shows. Uh, the so school rubric had a few different things, and they invited me on a few different times. And, you know, at one point Wallace said, hey, I'm thinking about this idea. Uh, What if we created a show for principals? There's a lot of PD. There's a lot of networks. There's a lot of spaces for teachers. There's not a lot out there for for leaders, right? And and they say leadership is lonely. My thing is if you're doing it wrong, right, then it's lonely. So he said, I have this uh, connection. Uh, His name is Michael McWilliams out of Texas. I'd love for you guys to meet. And maybe do this show where we connect with leaders from around the world and we we talk about, you know, the pressing topics that we as leaders are dealing with. Uh, so Mac and I met and we hit it off immediately. Uh, and the chemistry that we have, you would think that we've known each other forever. Uh, it's only been a couple of years, maybe about two or so years. Um, and we've only met in person like once or twice. And so, really? uh, yeah, yes. In fact, the first time we met was in Dallas when we did our conference for the show. And, you know, people would say like, there's no way this is the very first time you two have met. Like, no, it's like in person. It was our first time. Um, so Mac has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, he's a career principal. Uh, he was a principal for 20 something years and now he's a consultant with solution tree. And so he has a wealth of knowledge uh, one of my mentors, uh, proud to call him a friend, uh, but that's the point of the show. It creates a safe space uh, for leaders to come together and to learn and grow and lead uh, with one another because we can't do this work alone. So we've created that space uh, for that to happen. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing where that that journey takes us. Well, you two are fun together. <laughs> I was, I felt like, I think I'm in the middle of these two guys that are so... <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, you were really bouncing ideas back and forth and I'm going, I got to jump in. I got to jump in. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hard to stay focused. We're, we are all over the place and we just have a great time. Yeah. And, you know, you look up and the time's almost done and you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. But Wallace on the, just as a secret, like Wallace sometimes is in the background, like texting, like, hey, focus. We're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he he controls the, all the controls in the background. Is, I love it. Yeah, he, no, is, he, he is the wizard, right? The man behind the curtain. But yeah, it, it is a great, I, great yeah. time. I felt like this is what I'd like to do more is get someone like Wallace on my team and have you two. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. I I, I feel like if people haven't listened to the two of you and listened to yours, I, I think it's time. They're going to see what's going on. And and then you and uh, Mac wrote a co-authored a book. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Dr. Robert Thornell, uh, he's, he was actually one of our guests um, and he, he's been a guest a few different times. Uh, but he said, Hey, I have an idea for a book and I cannot think about anyone else who I'd rather write it with than the two of you. And so he pitched the idea to us. I want to say this was like in December 
And we're like, we like this idea. And we just sat down and we churned it out. And within about six months, we had a book. Um, wow. Yeah. Fast. I mean, we, we just churned. Um, and so by September, so within less than a year, you know, we, we had a book out published. Um, but it was really easy to write because we, it is not a research, it's not thesis, it's not heavy. But instead, what it does is it looks at, uh, we take anecdotal stories, our experiences, and then we ask reflections, right? And so the the book itself, in fact, I have it sitting right here, you know, available oh. on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> well, we're going to put a link to it, you know that. <laughs> thank you. But it, it's a guide to inspire reflection and growth. So at the end of each story... Um, we ask questions, right? That focus on like servant leadership that talks about, uh, you know, leading learners. It talks about celebrations, right? So these different areas of leadership, and it really just challenges the person reading it to reflect on their own practices. And so it's a great book for somebody who's just starting off, right? To say, yeah. what am I doing? Or even that seasoned or veteran administrator to say, am I really showing up the way that I, that I hope to show up? Um, so it's broken down into 40 weeks, right? A school year, and it could really be read all at once, or it could be read once a week, right? And it's broken down week one, week two, you know, throughout an entire school year. And, you know, we, we've gotten some, some great feedback and praise, but honored, like that was my very first book. And so now I'm working on a few others and it's like, ah, it's exciting. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Like once you do one, like now the next ones are like, oh. Yeah, I'm. I I've have three books, and but it's like I want to do another one, so I'm working on another. <laughs> and I mean, it's like you. It's like all the stories that you get, they lead to another story and another and, story, and, another, and, another. and then you could say, wait a minute, these would be good for certain people I know, other principals, other yeah. Now you're consulting that mm-hmm. you started. Mm-hmm. It's really all based around equity. Yeah. So it is, it's at the intersection, right? Of like equity or DEI and leadership. And so when I first started doing this work, um, you know, it was just one of those things. Somebody asked, Hey, can you come in and teach a workshop? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I think. Right. And so like that, that <laughs> launched it. Um, and that was about vocabulary. And I'll be honest, when I first started, it was just really being hungry. And so I was trying to be that jack of all trades. Like you tell me what you need and I can deliver it for you. And I really wasn't getting much work. And I remember Ray, uh, Ray Hugert from uh, the Teach Better team, you know, she and I sat down and we were having a conversation as he said, Charles, like you got to focus. Like, what is it that you want to do? What is it? Right. Like, what is your purpose? And when that sounds I, like my book. It does. It, it sounds very familiar. <laughs> like what we were talking about. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, the, and here's the beautiful thing for those people who are like, mm-hmm. ah, that's just a ploy. Like, there's really nothing to it. Once I focused on that, like, once mm-hmm. I was able to verbalize it and focus and say, this is what I'm doing, everything took off. Right. Because that is, yeah. it's really, it's really easy to be okay at a lot of things. Right. But you really want to be really, really good at a few. Right. And so once I yes. really narrowed that focus, I mean, I remember one at one point I told my my wife as a New Year's resolution, more like a goal. I said, I want six speaking engagements. That was about two years ago. I want six this year. And by about April, I had six. 
right? And it was wow. like, oh, wow, this is awesome, right? But again, it was <laughs> because this is what I do. So I was able to tell people when they said, Charles, what can you deliver? What can you offer us? This, this is what I do. And if that's what they needed, great. If not, you know, so be it. But it has been a tremendous experience. And so through through the consulting, um, you know, I do uh, uh, workshops, uh, you know, whether it's an and out, our workshops don't really work. I'll be honest. Um, those are more <laughs> like, I can introduce you to an idea, but I'm definitely going to come back and, and, and try to help you through it. You know, there's the full day or multi days. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the breakout sessions and speaking at conferences, the keynotes. Um, so just in fact, last week, uh, which may be different from when you're actually watching the show. Yeah. Uh, but I had a chance to speak at a, at an EL conference here in Illinois. And they just emailed me and said, you know, we're planning next year's and looking at having you come back. And I said, I'd be honored as a keynoter. And I was like, Yay. awesome. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, and it's TED been, talks coming, right? Hey, there we go. There we go. <laughs> that would be amazing. And so, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's been phenomenal being able to do this different work, uh, you know, writing books under, uh, under the uh, consulting business. So like I said, it's just trying to do as much as I can to make as big of an impact as I can. And, and you know, people ask, like, well, how are you doing this? Why are you doing so many things? And it's just that. Like, if that is my mer- my purpose, then I need to do as much as I can aligned with that purpose. And then it doesn't so much feel like work when you're operating well, in that space. When you When you find what your purpose is and it's aligned to what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, a gift. People don't, and when they don't have it, they don't get it. But when it does happen, it's like an aha moment. All of a sudden they're like, I don't, I, I love this. I want to do this all the time. I, you know, it's like that. Yeah. Even like this conversation, right? You, yeah. you know, you were asking me because we, we recorded uh, my episode before this. Now we're having <laughs> this conversation. Um, you know, I am up at about three 30, I'm out the door, you know, by five 30. And so, you know, I'm running on about 14 hours, but to get this idea, right. To have an opportunity to have this conversation with you. It's like, no, this is not, this isn't work, right. This is, this Uh is a pleasure and an opportunity. And so you're right. When you're in the flow, right. That's what you called it. When you're in that flow, like it it just (laughs) is that much easier. Yeah, we talked about the flow, and I can't remember when I talked about it with you because there's been so many podcasts now. But um, I just hope people connect with you, I'm, and we're going to put this blog post together and share all the links, and and just so people can reach out to you. Your story is amazing, and uh, you're only on. I mean, so much more is going to happen. I well, know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I hope excited. So. <laughs> oh yes. Is there any way to let people know how to get a hold of you? Yeah. Some people might not see the blog post. <laughs> they yeah. Might so um, I, I'm pretty accessible. Uh, you know, it's funny. My my students are hilarious because students love googling you. Um, yeah. And I used to say, "Go ahead, Google me." Like you're not going to find me. Like now, if you Google me, you actually start to find me. And I was like, "Oh." Okay, that's awesome. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> as long as it's for good reasons, as long as it's for good reasons. Um, but you know, Twitter uh, is is probably one of the easiest spaces because I'm I'm always on Twitter, and you can find my link tree there, and that link tree will get you to everything else. The website, uh, CW Consulting Service, 
Um, you know, it will lead you to the book. It will lead you to the, the shows. Uh, but you could find me across social media at underscore CW Consulting um, because there's somebody that has at CW Consulting and then they don't even use it. And Aww. I was so frustrated in the beginning. Aww. Like, <laughs> I can I have your handle, please? You're not using it. Let, let, let me have yeah. it. Um, but Darn the underscore it. has become part of it. And so that is part of who I am now because it's like, you know, like it, it's the underscore, right? The underdog, like, I guess we could have some fun with that, but yeah. It's not it's an underdog. Of, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you about that underscore, but now I know shame on that other person. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, like, you know, but it's become part of the, the brand. So it's okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not so upset anymore. No, this has been just amazing. And I really, really appreciate you being here with me. Is there anything you want to leave with my audience before you say goodbye? Yeah. So, you know, I will say this, and this is just, I think one of those things that, um, be uniquely you, right? Uh, in this world, there, there, there's a lot of things that you can be, but be true to who you are. And, and I think so many times in this world, in this space, especially in education, uh, we try so hard to emulate everything else that we see. Um, and, and we struggle and we can't figure it out. But the moment that you stop, you figure out your purpose, you figure out your why, and you're true to you, everything's going to change. And so that is my message. Um, you know, be true to you. You know, that that sounds like I should write that in my new book. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Thank you so much for being on my show. And uh, Charles, you're just amazing. Barb, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm just trying to be as slightly as awesome as you are. So, Oh, gosh, <laughs> thank you. this thank is you. getting kind of, you know, syrupy. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we, we do appreciate each other and it's really nice. So Absolutely. thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Charles Williams. Oh, it was such a great talk that I hope you share it with your friends. I love that we talk about how we do equity work and the four-piece framework. So make sure you check out the blog post that goes with this podcast on barbabray.net that Charles helped write. It would be awesome if you subscribe to my podcast. I'd be really grateful if you wrote a review. Oh, you're welcome to subscribe to my website at barbabray.net to receive updates, resources, stories, and lots more podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Keep sharing your story and please stay safe and be well.